Today on the show, we're going to talk to Jess Mione. Jess is a graphic designer, event organizer, photographer, writer, and educator from Scranton, Pennsylvania. She's also a dear friend. She's agreed to talk to me about how she gets through this thing we call life. I hope you enjoy the show. Testing, one, two, three. Is it working? It is now working. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Monica. I'm Jess. And we're going to talk to you about mental health. Um, but no, I, this, I, the idea for this podcast is basically just to have a conversation with people, um, about what they do to get through, um, the day when they struggle either with, um, mental health or a mental illness. So Jess has volunteered to be the first person to speak with me about this. Um, So basically what I'm going to do is talk to her a little bit about the ideas of the podcast and we're going to go through some questions um, and just have a conversation about what it's like to go through life with mental health issues, mental health issues. I guess that's a or awareness of mental. Yeah, it's just like that's what's hard about it is what you what you even call that, you know, well. Some people get offended at illness, I right? Guess. But everybody has mental health, right? So, like, how do you say like poor? Like, I don't. I want to say poor mental health, but that's not something you can really say. Um. Well, it's just like physical health. So, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. So poor mental health. I think I should feel like that's on. I mean, me. are we gonna discuss good mental? <laughs> anything that's the point though so like I mean I think we should just kind of talk about stuff because I think more people need to talk about it and these are questions that I have um so but like before that I guess what I'll do is I'll just start to ask you some of the questions I have and you can feel free to answer them as you would like um and also general disclaimer not a therapist but I do have a degree in psych so I can kind of get my way around. I've also been, um, I've been in therapy for 12 years. Um, I've been, I think, something like that. And I have a lot of um, childhood trauma that led to complex PTSD. Um, And I have been diagnosed with anxiety and depression. So I definitely got all of the mental illnesses. I've also struggled with eating disorders um, and have had ideas of suicide for, no, I don't have them now, but I've had them before and have been hospitalized for them. So. And we're just going down our mental health resume. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it feels kind of like millennial. Like, let me just list all of the like, <laughs> mental illnesses that I have. But, yeah, so, but I just, I guess the, I mean, yeah, so, like, you go through, like, so, I personally manage through meditation and, and medication. Meditation and medication. (laughs) Medication. Um, we'll just leave it at that, but it is nice medication and I enjoy it and I'm all supportive of it. So, anyway. I was told from one of my therapists that CPTSD is not real. Really? (laughs) Yeah, they were just like, no, you have PTSD. And I was just like, but there's a difference. And then I never went back to them again. (laughs) Well, there is a difference because complex PTSD, like, my understanding of it is that it is, it's over... It's, like, more ingrained in your life. Like, it's, like, a different... It's repeated. Yeah, it's repeated. It's over a very, it's very like, long... It's, like, taking PTSD as if you were to just see that car crash or whatever. Yeah. But then just see a car crash every day. Right. Right. And so it's, like, this prolonged period of trauma. But I also thought... Of, I'm, I always think it's interesting when they only classify people 
that are in war with just PTSD. Because to me, I think that's like complex PTSD because like that's just not one day you're on a battlefield. Yeah, I feel like um, we should have like the DSM in front of us. We should have yeah, yeah, it. Really? But like it is like I, I don't know. It's I not in the D. It's not, not in the DSM. Not yet. Oh, no. then that's probably what they mean then. Yeah, I know that's. That's interesting because there is stuff on there. Yeah, because there is a difference, and I think that's, like, I think that's when, like, you, I don't know, when people have a hard time transitioning into adulthood, and then they look at their childhood, and it's just, like, all of this trauma, well, like, that's complex PTSD, but, like, you said, like, if you're in war, and, like, you're in battle, but then, well, I don't know, because that's over a a long period of time, too, but... I think maybe, like, it would have to do with, like, the development, too. Hmm. Like, I mean, you're in a developmental stage. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't know it was in there. So, so Jess, so we'll talk about you for a minute. So, do you want to, do you want to disclose, uh, like, any mental illnesses or struggles or? Sure. I mean, I have therapist hopped for a long time. I tend to run away from therapists. I think I have, and partially, I think I have like an ego thing going on, thinking I know more than they do, or they can't tell me anything new Mm -hmm. that I could work with, or I feel like automatically not connected to them. I've had a few therapists like, well, in my eyes, rush me out the door, and then I get I get turned off by that too. Like I feel like I'm just a number, or I get it in my head that. They're getting paid to talk to me. So why would they talk to me? Because they're not talking to me out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel authentic. Right. Okay. Yeah. I had, like, good luck for a a little bit with that betterhelp.com. Yeah. And that therapist, if she was, like, in person, but I don't know what state she was in, she was good. But I had phone phone calls with her and stuff, and they were good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just funny because, like, I could, like, I've read, I read a lot about, like, people who feel that way about therapy, and I, like, for me, it's not even that I disagree because it's a very valid way, like, that's just how you feel when you go in, and so, like, if I felt that way, I wouldn't feel comfortable opening up to somebody either, you know, so, like, and it's just, I'm thinking in my head what I'm like, and I literally, and I know you and I have talked about this in our private place, but, I just will sit down and say, like, everything. Like, the minute I meet them, they'll be like, okay, so, like, why are you here? And it's, like, the next hour is just me telling them. And I think um, a lot of times they're a little overwhelmed almost, but also, like, happy that I'm, like, open like that. But I just never had, like, I don't know, but I just don't have the same thought process, which is okay. So, like, that's the thing is, like, what, if we're going to talk about mental health, what works for me may not work for you. So, like, and that's the same with medications. Like, everybody's different. So, I guess, like, what, like, do you do to manage it, like, on a day-to-day basis? I, I probably, like, to me, if I'm just, like, I'm having a good day I think it all depends on your environment and I feel like you know everybody has different factors my parents have been divorced for 10 years now and my parents played a big role in how I view myself so a lot of what my therapy talk is about them Mm -hmm. I feel also in therapy that for me I get to a certain plateau and then I'm like what do I do with the rest of this and it's like I want to continue talking about everyday things but I I guess I feel like I haven't gotten past the stuff with my parents yet Mm -hmm. something doesn't feel settled and because they never want to talk about anything like that. It just feels like I feel like I'm complaining and being a baby and that I just have to move on and what are you doing and just accept it. And like when I am not like in it, when I'm not feeling sadness or depression or disassociated from Mm -hmm. everything around me, um, I do just go on with my day like a normal person, but you know, I just, you know, had that conversation with my dad the other night and it's just so silly from, I think from an outside point of view that it's like, he could say something to me and it doesn't necessarily have to be mean, but when you know that a parent is just so, um, neglectful of your feelings and stuff and they didn't they don't think that something like that is going to bother you even if they're not out outwardly saying anything rude or mean 
that they're just like, you're an adult now, you know? And I think that that's also part of the complex trauma is realizing, at least for me, my parents don't think that they made any kind of hurtful impact on us because me and my brother were older when it Uh happened. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't like you. They think that it was, I mean, I was 20 when they divorced. So they don't think that it, they think I should have just handled it or whatever and just saw it as two people breaking up and that's it. And when it, when it comes to like you like speaking about these things, like even just right now, like, and the idea that this could possibly be like a podcast, like, how do you feel about that? Like, does that, is that something you fear? Is that something you feel like we should be talking? Like, what are what do you feel about that? Oh, I definitely think we should be talking about it. I think that, There's a lot of issues that people don't talk about in connection with mental health. A lot of it, I think, is repeated. I don't know. It's just because I listen to the same kinds Mm -hmm. of podcasts over and over. And I think it would be interesting to explore different avenues or different lenses under mental Mm -hmm. health. For sure. I agree. I get, like, I personally get, like, I get very nervous about it because I'm always, um, I feel like I've kind of come from a family where we try to keep things like under wrap if we can and so I have a hard time but then again in the same breath I'm always talking about it so apparently I have like a little bit of a inner thing but okay so like I feel like uh, do you have like anything you want to touch on before we start going through these questions I know I say let's get into it okay so we have um eight questions I think or so prepared and we're just uh Jess did some of them and I did some of them and we're just gonna go through them one by one and discuss so do you want to pick the first one sure uh what what made you self-conscious growing up that was one of mine what mean oh wow I definitely think that I was, like, a messy child, and, like, I still even feel this as an adult, and it's, like, something that I'm working on, but it's just, like, as far as, like, in, like, appearance or, like, cleaning my room or just, like, I felt that as a child because, like, I, I did feel like my sisters and, like, God knows they were just kidding, but, like, they would always be telling me, like, my hair was stringy, and, like, you know, your bohemian head hair woman, they called me, and I just remembered that, oh, boy, wow. this is, like, a therapy session <laughs> in itself, um, but, no, like, so they used to, like, because I would just have wild, wild hair, and I was just kind of boyish, and I, my dad was, like, um, my main line of support I would say for a while so like I was always doing like the sporty thing and like getting I would be in the back like digging for worms like one time we got like salamanders and I put them in a purse and brought them with us in the car <laughs> and they got all out so I just I feel like I was a messy person but I think that I was very self-conscious about that as well I feel like when, up until a certain point, when I was growing up, I felt very much the center of attention in school, up until like, maybe first grade or so, and I thought that was like, great for a while, I felt like a leader, that I had all these friends around me, I was like a teacher's pet, and and I, I think like once I got out of elementary school and I got into middle school and I felt a sense of competition with people and you, you go from being in a smaller world to a little bit of a bigger world and you start seeing comparisons around Mm -hmm. you of people. And I didn't feel like I was like number one anymore. Ah. And I, you become like self-conscious in competition with like the people around who, who may be smarter right, or, right. or whatever, better at different things or like involved in different groups that you're not a part of or whatever. And I always felt like I had to do everything. I had to have all these extracurriculars. I had to like, I was like determined. To, I like knew where I was going to go to college in middle school. Yeah. I was talking about college in middle school. I wish. <laughs> I, I still don't know where I wanted to go to college and I already went. <laughs> I wish. So it was Marywood, I'm assuming? 
No, I, I said when I was in middle school. I <laughs> Spoiler was, alert, she did not go where she wanted to go. <laughs> I um, I actually said specifically, I was like, I'm definitely not going to Marywood because I have to take a God class. Because I, <laughs> I knew it was a Catholic school. Well, I told yeah, my mom that. That's so funny. And, and you went to Catholic school as a child, right? Yes, until yeah. my parents couldn't afford the tuition. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Um, which makes you question why is Catholic school more expensive than public school? But whatever. But it was like, yeah, you get into a competition with like the people around you and a competition with yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for me, I was just always like, I have to be the smartest or like you have to be a leader in some way. And if you weren't that, then who were you? Right. Right, and it's actually kind of funny because we did go to high school, and I do kind of remember you being, like, the center of attention in classes. I was highly participatory. You were. (laughs) It wasn't even, like, a bad, like, it wasn't, like, a teacher's pet thing. I just did feel like you were, like, one of the ones that was, like, always actually, like, doing stuff and, like, asking questions. And I also think I was probably looking for mentors and my teachers, yeah. too. I felt like I needed some kind of parental figure because yeah. I felt ignored a lot. Oh, yeah. That's something I wish I did more because I always, like, I always took the approach of, like, because like, my parents were just always very busy when I was, like, a kid. So I spent a lot of time alone and, like, um, trying to, like, you know, like entertaining myself, but that became very much, and I, I never wanted to bother them. So like, and I still kind of carry that now, like I never want to bother people, but I just think it was, um, that I knew that they were already like busy struggling doing like with their own stuff. And so I never wanted to put more pressure on them. Um, and so in that regard, I feel like I've always taken things on by myself, and so I never looked for mentors because I was always just like, well, I'm relying on myself. Like, I don't need anybody else, and that's something that I wish, like, I like I didn't have that in college, like, and those were, like, times that, like, my mental health wasn't nearly as good as it is now, so, like, I just never made any, like effort to have any in school and like I I, there are teachers that I feel like I look back now and I'm like thank god like especially in high school and like but once I went to Penn State I felt like I kind of lost that Mm. yeah yeah I guess I could agree with that I think I like I was how you were describing but also that I needed, like, a teacher or someone to say they were proud of me. Someone that could, like, yeah. actually understand what I was doing. Because I knew that I had to be 100% good at something because I strived so much for my parents' attention. Oh, uh, yeah. That I just... And sometimes I... Just, like, in I think with, like, the therapist thing where I felt like they weren't being genuine, I think that sort of also came from my parents because sometimes I felt like if they did say that they were proud of me or that they loved me, it was out of formality. Yeah. Like, they didn't really understand why I wrote this essay about this, like, historical person. What's really interesting between, like, the difference between you and I is, like, the fact that, like, we have, like, similar, like, you know, like, issues when it comes to, like, the way we are raised in ways. And, like, but... It's like you took it and you're like, I'm going to try harder. Like, I'm going to get mentors. Like, I, and I took it and I'm like, fuck everyone. I'm doing everything alone. I hate everyone. And like, so that's like, I mean, it's just funny. How that's also funny now that I think about it because you seem to be more hopeful of a person. And I'm so <laughs> pessimistic. But at the same time, I'm just like, I am going to try until this yeah, person says, hey, like what yeah. I'm doing. That determination is something I wish I had. I'm more like, well, everyone sucks already, so why try? <laughs> but, like, that's terrible. So, I don't know. This is funny. So, all right. Next Your question. Turn to choose a question. All right. This is years. <laughs> How has your parents' mental health shaped your viewpoint of getting help? Okay. So, that's, like... A very interesting question. <laughs> so basically, like, like what 
like do you like what can you clarify um i guess so like how my parents don't believe in getting help yeah they right, don't right okay right <laughs> See, yeah, see, that, and that's a big difference, I think, between um, my parents and yours, because I, I think, what, when I started to realize I had mental health with, like issues was it in high school, and um, I was starting to have panic attacks, and I would like call my friends in the middle of the night, and it would be like one in the morning, and I would just be having just a terrible panic attack, and I remember I would go to the window and like, stick my head out of the window and like it's so like just to be able to breathe and it's so interesting to me now because I at the time I was probably like what the fuck is happening to me you know like I just like I now I know what panic attacks are but back then I didn't and um I was just and I you know I had dealt with some like bullying things at school and I was just really in a rough place and I kept telling my parents like that I was having these panic attacks and they wanted me to go talk to somebody and I did not want to go because I thought that meant I was crazy and I thought that they were just pushing me off on somebody else and I don't know and so they you know like parents will like in my mind they made me go and so I remember being in like the waiting room and just crying the whole time I was in the room because I was so afraid to be there and I felt like I was like nuts and like I just felt like this was a place where like people took their bad children and like I have something wrong with me and I have behavioral issues and all this stuff and so then when I finally got in with the therapist they were like well why do you need to be there here and what's going on and I was like I don't need to be here my parents are making me be here and I was like and I don't want to be here and they're like well do you think you need therapy I'm like no I think I'm fine and they're like okay well then this I guess isn't gonna really work and I left and I told my parents I'm like I'm fine they told me I don't need to go so I think that it then they let it go and they were just like okay and I think it would but I think that set the bar for me being able to come to them later and be like no I, I really need to do that so that was something that my parents always helped with mm-hmm I think the whole irony of my situation is that my dad worked on a psychiatric floor. I think that is there. In a hospital uh, taking care of shell-shocked veterans. Yeah. And I actually volunteered there when I was like 12 or so. And they would just like tell me all these like crazy war stories and stuff. And so I kind of saw like people with illness firsthand at that age. But didn't even like think that we had problems at home. I just mm-hmm. thought my family's like everybody else's yeah. family. I didn't even know that our family was abnormal until college, which is a long time to think that your family is pretty normal. Yeah, I mean, I guess like that, I mean, that makes sense. But then again, I guess that's when you're really exposed to like the ideas and places and situations mm-hmm. outside of your home. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know this, but therapy was a threat in my house. It was where you took people yeah. that were crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I began self-harming at like 14 or so. And um, my mom knew and probably didn't know what to do with me. Uh, probably just hoped that I would stop. She would check my wrist when I walked out the door even. And... Um, get called names and stuff a lot which is very helpful right. <laughs> uh and so like I didn't see a therapist about that for a long time because it was just portrayed as a negative thing to me to have to go there it was never like a welcoming thing it was never presented yeah, as it was like, like a get, doctor it was like get better or we'll take you there which yeah. is like really counterintuitive because it should be I'm going to take you there so you can get better. Not that you, like, need to do therapy. I'm just saying, like, that, like, mindset is troublesome. <laughs> yeah. I think my mom probably never saw anything like it before. Yeah. She probably was just so confused why someone would even do that. Perhaps 
felt guilty that she put us in a situation that was an unhealthy family environment which is like another you know discussion that we could probably spend hours on which is like how our parents have their own mental health stuff that they've struggled with and you know not they definitely didn't have the resources this it was way more stigmatized like it's just a lot of them haven't really healed um so yeah that's something that i know we you and i talk about a lot but it's kind of confusing because it's so hard when you're like trying to recover from like a trauma and you don't want to blame anybody because you realize that there's enough blame to go around or it's really nobody's fault at all but like it's just hard too because then you you do feel victimized by certain things that like makes it hard to really take that point of view so Mm -hmm. yeah I struggle with that for sure it also makes me wonder if you know our parents did get help for things earlier on in their lives you know how would we view things now Mm -hmm. and I, I I'm probably hoping that, like, this next generation of kids that are growing up do have parents that view going to mental health services as a positive thing and and something that should be just the norm. Oh, yeah. I actually never really thought of that. So I like the idea of that as well. (laughs) But I feel like that is something that we've all been... Yeah, that's a hopeful... That's a hopeful thought. I like that. All right. Next question is your turn. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Mix them up. We could just edit it out. What has this is one of yours? What has been one of or a few things that keeps you holding on? For me, is probably that. I want to see what my life is going to be like in 5, 10, 15 years at those milestones. It gives me hope that I know that my life is going to turn around. Mm -hmm. And I always say on this day next year, Mm -hmm. everything will be different. And it's always true. (laughs) I love. And it is so true. And now that I've been hearing you say it for years, it is so true. Yeah, um, you feel like really down and out one day. And it's it's always hard to see like the light at the end of the tunnel. And I am someone that doesn't really take to maybe cheesy kinds of sayings, but I felt like that is practical enough and measurable enough Mm -hmm. that I could work towards that. Yeah. And if you think about where I was a year ago today. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you really do can come so far in here. And, like, my mom always said, you know, um, if it's something that isn't going to matter in – it would depend. Sometimes it would be five years. Sometimes it would be, like, one year. But, like, if it's not going to matter in that time, then, like, don't spend time worrying about it. So, I like that, though. I like when that's measurable. So, that's cool. What about you? What keeps you hanging out? Honestly, I I often, like, think in my head that it's, like, being in war. Um, I find that life is a lot like that. Like, um, and I like to think about, like, the people around me and how they would be, um, like, in my platoon. And I often think, like, when there are days that I want to give up or things are really hard, like, I think about how I read a lot about soldiers who will go through excruciating circumstances because they don't want to let their brothers down. They don't want to, um, like, it's become so much of a, a joint effort to take care of others. And, and I feel like that's what keeps me going because I know that, um, Life is tough for everybody, so I need to be here to support my people. And if I drop out, then, you know, like, then, like, what hope does everyone else around me have? So I think that is definitely the one thing that keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I usually, if I get different suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. I really do, I do think of my brother first. yeah. Um, just because I know that he has dealt with similar things with our relationship with our dad. And um, I think 
in an unspoken way, we kind of, we really care what each other thinks. And so we think of each other as like our backbones when it comes to like losing hope in those times. Right. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think that for me, I, uh, I like, I, I spend so much time like, like feeling like empathetic towards like other people and like the things they've been through and like, just certain traumas like you know my family members have had that I know that they've been through and then for me to you know like add on to that is like and these are when I'm in like in very desperate moments and you're really you're really gripping for something to keep you here and like holding on and wanting to be here and and I often think like I can't make that worse like I can't I can't make that worse for somebody else and like it's hard to have that because you're so stuck in like your own like sadness and life is really hard but then I I think that um yeah I think I try to think of like the camaraderie about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's a good way to end that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so next question no question happened before this one okay so how do you manage working through bad mental health days and when I say working I meant like working like actual working yeah like going to work and like all like I mean you it could be both but I definitely would like you to touch on that okay so when I'm having a bad day at work I think I just tend to rush and panic and get done as much as possible that's kind of something that that's happening right now I, t- I tend to go overboard with my multitasking mm-hmm. and think if I just like open up a million tabs on my <laughs> internet and I have a bunch of design things open and I could definitely get this all done but I'm someone that has to learn to like focus on one thing at a time and get it done mm-hmm. but if I feel like people are being weird to me or mean, like, I think I really, in a lot of circumstances, have learned to disassociate myself a lot. Like, I'm lucky enough that I could, like, close my door because I have an office and stuff, and I I will do that. But um, I think I get made fun of a lot with, like, the whole lights in my office, and and that just kind of annoys me and stuff. But Wait, like, what... Like, I keep my room really dim. Oh, uh, yeah. Because of the fluorescent lights around yeah. everywhere. And oh, I, yeah. I that's like, like a high sensitivity. lights either. It's, it's like a high sensitivity well. thing yeah. to me. And it's something I, I hadn't figured no, out for a while. No, me too. Every time I've been, like, the, it kills me. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, why? why we don't have like- them in our office, but we use, like, in other offices I've had them. Oh, yeah, and I always feel like the odd man out because I just like look like a weirdo, like working in the dark on things. And but like it's like half of it is that the lights trigger my migraines, yeah. and half of it is just because I like this <laughs> intimate kind of setting. I guess well, it's unpleasant. Who wants to be like in an office with like this bright fluorescent light all day? It's just that people are too lazy. I shouldn't say. I'm sorry. I'm a nice person, but, <laughs> but I really mean people are just too lazy to do that shit themselves. You know? Yeah, I also yeah. feel like it kind of separates me and takes me away from what other people in the office are doing too. Yeah. So in a way, I use it as right. a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like it's almost like stay away from. It's me. my yeah. little tortoise shell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's cool. That's what about cool. you? I think, like, for me, um, I just try to, like, always, like, work through it and just kind of, like, push everything down. But then if there's, like, a time where it just bubbles over and there have been times where, like, I've gone through having panic attacks and, like, my building, there really isn't anywhere to go. Like, I mean, there's, like, yeah, you can go to the bathroom, but even that's, like, a public bathroom and there's so many, like, people in there. And so, like, you're trying not to sob you're like behind the stall just trying to like hold everything in but also let it out um and then you know sometimes I can't I've just been on my desk and I'll just you know cry and like I'll try like to be like very quiet and like a lot of times I don't even think people notice but I I have to do that and then um and then always, like, I'll go for walks. Like, I luckily, I can do that. Like, I can, you know, get up and go for a walk whenever I need to. So if I'm really having, like, a hard time, usually, like, a walk, like, does help. 
but I mean, there are days that I feel like I, it's not possible to like turn it off. And those are the days that you really struggle through. And I know that there, I see like a lot of stuff on social media about taking mental health days. And, you know, I came from a family where like we did not call off school. We like had to literally be like ill. And I, my parents were very strict about how ill I needed to be to like, to the point where I would be scared to even say if I was ill. And like that has always made me question like calling off. But at the same time, like I, I, do have a company that allows you to take your time as you need it as long as you don't go over. So I can, like, if I need a mental health day, I can do that. Um, but the problem is you run out of mental health days and then you're, it's hard. So I don't know. It, like, there are days where I feel like I cannot do this today. And then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I felt similar at my last job. I think I was in the bathroom crying every single yeah. day. And I would do this thing where I, like, stared into the mirror a lot at myself. And I just, like, I guess, like, that's when all the questions are running through your head. Yeah, yeah. And you're just, like, looking at yourself. You're just, like, like, lost, like, when you get like that. Because, like, I don't even... And, like, something with, like, PTSD is just, like, triggers. And, like, I know um, one of the the things that like my sister had said to me a few months ago was like I was really like I had been triggered by something and two days had gone by where I was just on my couch like I don't even know what I was doing in that state of just like questions going through your head and not being able to like get yourself together and just kind of staring into space and I called her and she was just like no like I'm glad that you know it only took you two days and that's crazy because in the past it would be like weeks of like maybe not so much of like sobbing but like being in this like trance this disassociated like state of mind and so one of the biggest things in like recovery for me has been being able to spot it and and kind of get myself out of it and that's something that I think takes like a lot of practice I don't Mm -hmm. know I've actually not had many times where days go by and I'm not doing anything it's like I go I do the opposite where I'm just like I need to distract myself every way possible which sometimes I feel like is the result of all of my events and stuff it's like both a positive and I wouldn't I don't know if I should say negative I guess it's like a healthy outlet for feeling certain ways but I think I tend to overload my plate just so I don't have to think about bad things right and okay. I, if I if I'm like, oh, I have this project, I have to write this zine, I yeah. have to do all these things. I don't have time to feel bad. Yeah, and like I wish I again, like sometimes I wish I could like my anxiety could manifest in that way. I guess <laughs> because like I'm more of like I'll go and do these things and just be a bitch. And I don't want to use that word against myself. I'm not, like, trying to, like, put myself down. Like, everything's fine. But, like, it's just, like, I will go and be a monster. Because, like, when I don't feel, like, okay, I do tend to kind of take that out on others. Like, and I I hate that about myself. And that's, like, one of the biggest things about, like, mental health that is hard for me is, like, learning to, like, not – like, I I feel like I came from a place where – people were very, didn't say anything until they would maybe, like, explode. And then, you know, and so for me, that's how I handle things. I push everything down. I push everything down. And then, you know, I would be hate, like, my behavior, I would act out in some way. And I hated that. So I would, um, I guess, like, I always am, like, hiding when I feel like I'm low because I don't want to behave poorly, if Mm. that makes sense. Yeah, I was actually listening to another podcast this morning about high sensitive people and how they're usually classified as an introvert, but I'm definitely extroverted. And I heard those two things explained in interesting ways when people think that like extroverts are very outgoing and introverts are very shy. It's sort of that, but it's more so that extroverts are more energized around 
people mm-hmm. and introverts uh, need to be alone to be mm-hmm. to, to recharge. And I think that that's like a better explanation of it. And they said that people that are high sensitive extroverts tend to push a lot of things down and then they look odd when they have like this explosive moment because it's usually around people when they're charging themselves trying to bounce ideas off of people and sometimes people could view them as like having like um just like really high high and low low emotions and like why are they acting this way instead of evenly trying to get your feelings out right and like you said pushing it down until like you finally come out Right. Yeah, that's so interesting. I always, I, when I heard that today, my number one thought was when I was planning events, I tend to feel like I do that at like the zine fest or the flea markets because then I'm just like, I feel like I have everything under pressure, even if things are like bothering me about certain things. And then like, I'll be at the festival and something will go wrong. And then I'm just like, ah! Well, yeah. <laughs> and like, to be honest, like, I think there is like, uh, something to be said of like keeping busy because like, I do find if I can get myself to like get out of my house and like do things when I'm not feeling good. Or have obligations or, like, plan something for the community. When I did, like, weekend scranton or whatever, like, it, that kind of stuff does help because it gives you, like, a purpose and it has other people relying on you. So you can't really not be there. And it's also something that it's good for you. Like, you like doing it. So I think that's, like, a good coping mechanism. It is until you feel like one little thing will let somebody down and then you're the people pleaser side of me is like will never forget it i'm the worst person yeah so like if something (laughs) goes wrong then it goes wrong it could be like any little thing and because i run into so many people that i feel are not understanding it's like i never get over such like a petty minuscule thing and i do feel like it's on me to just use reasoning and just say this is not a reasonable request don't get upset that you can't provide this person with something Mm -hmm. this is petty they're gonna forget about it you're gonna forget about it and I think it's up to us to just be okay with that and accept that and move on easier said than done when you're like away from the situation but it's 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 hard to step outside yourself and see that sometimes yeah no that makes sense that makes sense. Is it my turn? Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take this one. Yeah. We didn't. This is yours. Can you tell if your mental health is starting to Stop. slide into a bad place and how do you handle it? How do I see it going? I think like most of my interactions are like parental <laughs> related, right. I guess. Just like it, it's so weird how sometimes you just end up giving into it when you know that it's bad too right, like I know right. that like just the other day I was just don't even answer him yeah what you know you're gonna end in tears right. why yeah. do you do this to yourself right. and I think yeah. for me I'm just always holding out that like this conversation will be different this time will be different and right. it's like this lie you tell right. yourself it's so stupid right no I mean I do that all the time you get trapped in thinking no, that it, the that outcome the will be different yeah, I, I do that all the time, and I always think that, like, like definitely I've struggled, like, with being in unhealthy relationships, and and then I think that, like, all the times, and something I'm always working on now is, like, not, like, trying to realize that you, I always think of the quote, insanity is hitting your head against the wall and expecting it not to hurt, because I, I would repeat the same patterns, and I know I was doing it, and I do it even now sometimes. I know that, like, this aspect is going to play out in a poor way, but, like, I'm going to do it anyway. So it's just kind of, um, yeah, it manifests in weird ways. But, like, and my therapist, like, will always say, like, your brain is like very like strong and like I I tend to forget that because I think we're just human and I can control my thoughts and stuff but it is very strong when it comes to things like that that we don't always understand mm-hmm. yeah um, and so like I could feel it slipping into a bad place when those kinds of situations where I'm interacting with someone where I could predict the outcome and yet I still engage yeah 
but also if I'm letting someone down, um, especially if it's like in a a role like a boss worker situation, yeah. like if I let my boss down or something, I'm not like living up to who I said I was on my right. resume or like yeah. anything like that yeah. where I feel inferior imposter syndrome that kind of thing that I'm not good enough and those thoughts just start circling or usually like you know one bad thing happens and you're and then it spirals and then you're Mm -hmm. thinking about all these things just like so I mean with with that conversation I keep on bringing up with my dad that had me like I, I think what upset me the most is that I realized that he's going to be 65 or 66 he's going to be geez and I was like, oh, my God, like, I couldn't believe how old he actually right. is. And, like, time is running out to make things right. And, like, it's yeah. my fault that this isn't working out between us. Yeah. And then and then I was – then my thoughts immediately go to, like, oh, why are my grandparents dead? They're the only ones that, like, understood mm-hmm. me. And then mm-hmm. I, like, yeah. think even, like, even more morbid thoughts. I'm just like, oh, my God, like, they're not even – like, their bodies aren't here anymore. Yeah. And, like, what is that like? And then, yeah. then I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And, like, yeah. it just, like, starts spiraling. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. I do. Because I feel like very – like, when I was – my childhood was – my grandparents lived right across the street as yours lived right next door. So – it was like very much being in with them. I feel like yeah, so like now it's hard. But like I and I get very nostalgic and like I never thought I would be the kind of person because I've had like kind of a crazy childhood. So I don't know if I ever thought I'd be the person who would like fondly look back and be like, Oh my lord, like but I think like everybody kind of comes to love like the chaos they know. Not that my grandparents really were chaotic. They were very stable and I mean they had their own stuff, but it is it's hard to kind of come to terms with people getting older and and coming to terms with being in a relationship whether it's like with a family member or whatever a friend that like you may not ever get to talk like it may end on a bad note and how do you come to terms with that that's like a hard thing to come to terms with Mm -hmm. also in answering that question I just thought of when I I know when I feel like I want to cut, yeah. for example. Yeah. I, like, start, I feel, maybe I have, like, a panic attack, and I didn't know what a panic attack was, but it sort of feels like that. I feel like I'm, like, breathing really heavy, yeah. and I'm just, like, looking around for something to hurt myself with. Yeah. And, like, it takes a lot to stop, and it's, like, there's, like, a lot of buildup to, like, the moment. I think panic attacks are very hard to, like, figure out. Again, it's like a feeling-based thing, so I feel like every it manifests differently in everybody. But, And I definitely think there's like different types of panic attacks, too. Sometimes it looks like this, sometimes it looks like that. Uh, but I definitely know what you mean, like, and getting triggered. And I remember, you know, I also used to struggle with cutting and self-harm. And so I, it would be like if someone would say one thing and it would just be like, I was in it, like, I was like, I needed to go, like, do that, like, right away, just to handle, like, whatever that feeling was, and I I definitely think, like, meditation has, like, kind of, like, helped with that, like, just kind of, like, now I, I feel like I'm able to, you know, separate, again, my thoughts enough to know, and you too, like, I feel that way about you, I feel like it's, like, an almost a maturity thing, like, mm-hmm. you kind of, like, get to a point where you're, like, okay, like, I know I'm gonna survive this, like, I need to get through, but... The question, like, um, for me, like, sliding, as far as sliding back into it, like, I feel like, yes, I do start to feel signs of, like, sliding back. So, like, I'll just start to notice I'm having, like, more down days than up days. And I tend to go, like, really want to, like, I don't have bipolar necessarily, but it's definitely on a cycle. Like, it's like, I'll, I'll have, like, a stream of really great times and then, like, bad times, and I'm working and to be able to balance that. But mm-hmm. I can feel myself, but I can't always stop myself. I agree with that, and I also think the weather has an oh, effect on me. It it's does. just, like, I start feeling it, like, a couple of days ago, I, yeah. just when I started to notice that the nights were getting longer, and then mm-hmm. I just, like, I have this, like, big view of, like, oh, my God, I'm gonna have, like, this terrible winter, and I'm just not a winter person, I hate yeah. waking up in the cold and all these things, and so I'm already starting to feel, like, 
I need to find things, <laughs> I guess, to distract myself again. Well, that's like, I was just thinking, though, like, if you think about, like, generational stuff, like, the um, generation, like, our parents, whatever, like, a lot of people, a lot more people were married, like, mm -hmm. at our age, and... I feel like they didn't really have time to like worry about and I don't I'm not saying that it's petty it's just I don't know if they would have noticed because oh, they were like feeding their kids or cooking and mm. like for me like I have free time to ponder these things and also it is like it, it's also like well I don't have that in my life so I want to be like, the sunshine but and I feel like a lot more people I do notice talking about that is just you know like seasonal affect disorder and I definitely think that that is huge and I feel it all the time like every fall I go through like a dip. Yeah I can't tell what's worse but I actually think it's it getting darker earlier. Yeah. That affects me more than the cold. I already don't like cold weather to begin with but I think it's just I guess it's like the less sun sunlight. And, yeah I think it definitely is. Or feeling like wow, the day is already over. I'm I supposed know. to be in bed already. Yeah, there's just something about, like, when I'm driving home and I can't see anything besides, like, my headlights. And I'm just like, this is inky and, like, I don't know, just dark and... I just, yeah, like, and whereas, like, I'm, like, I'm definitely, a, I'm a day person, I'm a morning person. Like, I just feel my best, like, when I can see things. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but that just makes me happy. <laughs> so, alright. Is it mine? Is it my turn? Or is it? What is something you wish others understood or empathized more with in regards to mental health? Mm, question. Yeah. <laughs> I have to think. <laughs> I know. Let me think because I can start too. If, um, well, <laughs> the couch just moves because there's a gap there. Well, I, I mean, personally, I think that, uh, I think that there needs to be a certain like empathy toward everybody's mental health is going to look different. So we can like, I know you like categorize and people can be diagnosed, but sometimes people like can't like I, I just feel like there's needs to be like more of a flexibility and in, in our like society as far as like I don't working and and I don't know what that looks like because it's hard to be like people shouldn't work because they have mental health it, like but like issues but like I feel like it's just it's a lot for people to you know to me like it's almost like a full-time job sometimes to like manage your mental health and then to have to you know manage a full-time and then I don't know though I, I feel like I'm like such a like millennial brat <laughs> to like say that but like I do kind of feel like there needs to be more of an understanding of this life is kind of tough and like it's hard to get out of bed sometimes. I was going to say I think that there has to be a better definition of what self-care is. Yeah. And that's something I would like to understand about mental health. Yeah. Right, because people will be like, take care of yourself. And it's like, well, take care of yourself in what way? Yeah, I'm starting to read so much about that. And it's, it's, to me, it's like so easy to just say, like, do whatever makes you feel good. But is that really, like, caring about yourself? Or is that just, yeah. like, feeding the molecule of serotonin or something? <laughs> Lately, I feel like I keep thinking of, like, the relationship with myself. I just keep saying things like, I'm going to deepen the relationship with myself. Because I feel like I need to do that to heal. However, like, I don't know what the fuck that means. But I have found that the more I say it, the more I feel like I'm doing it. <laughs> so maybe, like, it's one of those fake until you make it things. But, like... <laughs> I also feel like, um, I think, like, sometimes it's, like, getting to know, like, yourself, too. Because I feel like sometimes, like, I don't even know that I'm doing the shit that I'm doing. And probably everybody in my life could point it out. Like, trying to recognize that. And, and being, like, and, and I think one of the biggest things is, like, when I'm mad at myself. So, like, for example, when I'm third, almost 30 and trying to, like, date and making mistakes and and figuring finding my way in it and just feeling like I'm trying to be healthy but sometimes I'm not being healthy and then I get mad at myself for it and then 
I realized like if I want to be in a partnership with somebody that's unconditional, then I need to be able to sit with myself when I am mad at myself and be unconditional like with that. So I kind of try to think of myself like as a child and just be like, well, if a child was doing like, what would you say to them? And that was like really hard for me at first because my, I don't know who eventually like gave me that idea. I don't know if it was like my therapist or just like a culmination of all of the books I've read and stuff. But I feel like at first I didn't buy that. Like I was like, fuck no, I'm not a kid. I don't want to like talk to this child Monica like that lives in my brain. Like this sounds ridiculous and like a little bit too much for me. But I feel like when you do integrate it into your life, it helps. Yeah, definitely. I also, I think, have been reading a lot more financial blogs and stuff just because of trying to budget and stuff. And a lot of them keep on saying, like, you should do financial literacy, should be a self-care item and, like, saving for your future, doing more concrete things that future you will think. Stuff like that. Or I think it could be stuff about... That is, like, a good one. Like, like, and I, like, I wrote that on my whiteboard at home. Like, I'm like, do the dishes because future Monica will thank you. And I have yet to actually do that. But, yeah. I said the same thing to myself the other day when I was, like, really low on gas, and I was just like, don't wait until the morning, just I get know. it. Now, future that you will thank you. the things, yes. And then um, I was happy in the morning when I had I a full know. tank of gas. <laughs> it's like trying to think ahead like that, but I, like, that's something I struggle with. Yeah. I think it's definitely, self-care to me is things future you will thank. And I think it's, like, honestly, like, putting, like, realizing, like, like, I I listened to something the other day that was just, like, and this is such a simple concept, but it's, like, everything that happens in the universe, like, for you is happening through you. It's, like, you're, like, seeing sounds, like, you're hearing, seeing sounds, no, you're seeing things, (laughs) not tonight or not, but, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> like, um, but like you're seeing things and then you're hearing things and it's all happening through you so if you don't take care of yourself then what the fuck's the point because you're not gonna be able to like hear shit like it's so simple that makes a lot of sense so I think of that in like regards to like eating healthy when I right. want to just eat like shit because I'm like well in 50 years you're gonna want to have well yeah you're gonna want to have I think it is definitely like putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. What was the question? <laughs> I don't know. I think we have one more question here. All right. Ask. Okay. Oh, this was mine. Do you ever feel like people are afraid to get better? Absolutely. Fucking <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I feel like that all the time. I feel like for myself. And I feel like not even like... For myself, I don't even, sorry, I didn't even, like, let you okay. but, like, I just feel like there are times where, like, I, I don't even know if it's being afraid or just being like, lazy and just being, like, I know I'm going to have to put in a lot of work for this. Like, I'm going to have to, like, sit down and write out my thoughts and rationalize it and figure out, like, what's real and what's not and like, make an effort to leave my couch when I'm depressed and, like, I just don't want to fucking do that and it's easier to kind of be a piece of shit and I'm really cursing right now but like I do feel that way it's easier sometimes to not get better Uh, yeah and I also feel like some people are too afraid to know what the other side looks like or a more stable mindset and what are they without their illness and I feel like that's really like maybe a rude thing to say but it's something that I always think about, but it could be like a positive thing too. I'm like, what, how, what kind of person would I be if I didn't, you know, if I really did just stop worrying about what my parents thought right, of me? Right. Could I potentially grow into a I better know. person? <laughs> I think that a lot, like if I, especially with like going through school and college, and I was so sick then, like, I mean, like, I'm like miles away from that, you know, but like I and I I just think like where could I have been if I wasn't that sick? And so like it it is hard um I think to to really think about that and and I thought of how 
one of the break biggest breakthroughs I had in therapy was when I was like it was like in 2014 I like was just I like got out of the hospital and I was like very like anorexic and sick and I was just crying to my therapist and very like whiny I remember like feeling and being and she said to me you she's like you want to feel better but you don't want to be better and like I was just, what does that mean like of course I want to be better and she's like no you don't she's like you want to feel better because you feel like shit but like if you don't want to feel like shit you need to do a b c and d and you aren't doing those so you want to feel better but you don't want to be better and I think that was like very important for me to learn because I do have to kind of kick myself in the ass sometimes and, and have that like hard like truth with myself and be like you if you want to feel better and then you know don't sit here and complain about it all day fucking do something but it's hard to do that when you're depressed <laughs> yeah yeah I totally agree with that but I think that there is also something about when say a therapist has you know told me at least I'm just going to have to deal with my complex PTSD my entire life. Yeah. So that's kind of like a hard battle to fight, it too, where you're just like, well, I'm just going to deal with this for the rest of my life. So, like, what, right. there is no, like... Uh, free, like yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like that, you know, makes you feel like you're giving up. Yeah, it's like it's such a high... Like, it's not even a mountain. It's just like, oh, well, that's a block. It's there. I actually deal with that a lot in, in therapy because I tell my therapist that I'm frustrated because I'm like, I want to be better. And she's like, well, what, what does that look like for you? Like, are, what are you hoping to get out of therapy? Like, she'll ask me and she's like, are you hoping to like be like completely cured? Because she'll say the same thing. She's like, that's just not going to happen. Like, this is something that you are always going to deal with. And like, it's always going to be a part of your life. Like, and, and she's like, you can certainly get better and like have periods but like you just I don't I want you to set your expectation and that is disheartening to hear I guess it's like when they say it's like when people have diabetes and they find that out and it's like well they treat mental health the same way like you know you found out you have this thing that you're gonna have to deal with for the rest of your life it's hard to see it that way because you see it as such a character flaw. Not you, but, like, in general, I do. Like, I have. Like, I'm like, wow, I have this huge character flaw that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. So it's hard. Yeah, I agree. And I, like, also had this thought that it's like, do they just say that to stay in the business of mental health? <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Well, that was, that's where my, th but that's know. where my brain always goes, no. you know? Like, that's it, so interesting. Well, like, it's kind of like weight loss stuff. Like, no. they don't, they, they, like, make lean cuisine and stuff. It's not like they're getting commission on, like, you having, like, a mental illness. Like, yeah, there but are where would they be without are, anybody having? There are so many, do you know how many patients there are? I know, but I'm just saying in a hypothetical world, if, like, yeah. one day we reach this utopian peace and nobody had mental illness to deal with yeah what would their job be i don't know but i don't think that's ever gonna happen i mean like that is an interesting thought like i i really did consider it for a minute but like i was also just like that would be nice but i guess i'm saying like what if one day you felt better than you ever had before and then you didn't need to go there anymore and you felt like you didn't need to go anymore. Yes. Yeah, so then you're just like, okay, I don't want to go. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> but I don't know. I get it. Like, I mean, I, do you think you're going to be going to therapy until you're like 88 years old? I do. Really? Really? You do? I definitely think I will wow. always go to therapy. Wow. Or, or I will have stretches of times that I don't go and then I will go back. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And, and, like, that's hard for me, too, because there are times where I have, like, gotten, like, better and then, you know, not really needed it or, like, I moved and I just never got a therapist and I felt like I was fine and then, like, I was starting to slide down and there's always that, like, battle of pride within me of being, like, no, I'm not going to go back. Like, I can handle it now. And, and then there's always this, like, kind of, like, defeat of, like, no, I need it. But I think for me that it is so important for me to have somebody else be able to keep me on track. Like I and like I like 
I think people are always like, keep you on track. What does that mean? But like for real, like I just need accountability because if I don't, then I'll just be to my own devices and I won't, I won't do the things I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so yeah, I probably will always be in some form of therapy. Mm, That was my catalyst. (laughs) (laughs) It means I'm doing everything I can to make myself in the community better because I have to beat the clock. I see. I see. Yeah, I, uh, I see, I always had, like, the feeling of, like, I want to be dead, and then, like, and then, well, I, that too. Me too, and but. then I, like, I felt like I got to a point where, like, I overcame that, and I was like, wow, like, you could have been dead, like, this many times, but, like, so I just think everything's a bonus now, so I'm like, I don't have to do anything at all, because I just fucking survived, like, these are bonus years, which is so messed up, and not healthy, and I need to work on that. This has been Monica, Noel, <laughs> Simon, and Jess Mione. One of the ideas that I had for this podcast would be at the end of every episode, I wanted to give you a recommendation for a piece of literature or art or a movie, whatever, having to do with mental health and so this week's recommendation is uh, a documentary and it's on Netflix and it's called Stories and it's about Avicii who was a uh, who was an artist from Sweden who composed his own music he was a DJ he struggled a lot with mental health and he has an incredible story and I believe he was so outspoken about his mental illness and how he felt that it was very admirable and his music I find to be very helpful. So check that out if you're interested in that and uh, rest in peace Avicii because man really shared a lot of love. We benefited from it. So thanks and have a great week guys. If you like what you hear remember to subscribe. <laughs>